Hello beautiful listeners, it's model and undercover agent Idafer here to give you a bit of a recap. So, it's the Prison Break crew versus the Emperor's cronies, and I'm leading the charge. Sure, they get a few hits in, some of us get hurt, but at the end of the day we get away clean, and the other Flynn bites the dust. We get a couple hours of sleep, and then next morning it's Operation Topple the Bastard. We sneak in under cover of the city, being all, uh, forced into the central circle, then everyone on our side is ready to go. We made a beeline for the Emperor, but things got complicated very quickly, and the Emperor unleashed his weapon that started, um, killing everyone, his soul harvester, turning everyone into payment for the Hell Lord. I won't lie, that thing freaked me out. Things were going crazy in every direction, people were dying, we were in the middle of it, then above our heads a five-headed dragon god must have decided she didn't like Marvelous's Hell Lord guest in her backyard, because she multi-flamed it to death. And then, she turned her power on Ymir City. Frankie, Karen, Flynn and I bailed at the last, last second and barely managed to scoop little Silver down into the sewers before hell literally broke loose. I have no idea what we're walking into now. everybody and welcome to the terrible adventures of the Janice and Breffitt's Parchment Company. My name is Penny D. I'm going to be your dungeon master today and uh, congrats to Poppy for coming up with our trivia today. I actually don't have a character nor are there a lot of characters still alive but uh, I think I'll say <laughs> if, if, if Silver Timinius was a dog he would be oh. a King Charles Spaniel. Oh, yeah. oh yeah. yes. That makes perfect sense. Not only does it have the word king in it, Google says that they're gentle, happy, loving dogs, and also they're pretty little, and he's just a little guy, and he's still alive, so I that narrowed down my ability to, to apply that quite easily. <laughs> That's so cute. I love that. Oh my God. Hi, I'm Poppy. I play Ida for the Tiefling Rogue, and... If Ido was a dog, he I think he'd be a little Shiba Inu because like oh, cute. they're really cute, <laughs> but they're also little bastards. Like they're so rude and yappy, and they'll bite you, and they just cause lots of mischief. And you always forgive them every single time because they're so <laughs> cute. Exactly, yep. and also they're quite catty. And I, like we, I think we all know that Ido is more of a cat than a dog. But, yeah. You know. <laughs> Hi, my name is Stephanie, and I play Frankie, the human artificer, and uh, if Frankie was a dog, he would be sort of a toss-up between a lab and a retriever. Oh, yes. yeah. Yeah, because, yeah, you know, they're very smart, very loyal, but also kind of dumb. Yeah, I mean, exactly. Kind of They'll do anything for you. Yeah. Really smart for how dumb they are, yeah. Yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah. They, they have no right being that smart because <laughs> like when i was thinking of frankie as a dog i was like oh that's a greyhound just because you're so lanky <laughs> oh, i mean that also too 
<laughs> a weird greyhound lab retriever mix. A really strange mix, eh? Yeah, <laughs> just, just the strangest. I had a good very awkward. An awkward motley boy, but we love him for it. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Hi, my name's Liz, and I play Karen, the dwarven barbarian. And if Karen was a dog, she would be a dog that is tenacious. It would be small. It would have an innate desire to dig and <laughs> it would be considered a family dog but is that because she's a gossip queen just wondering wants to <laughs> no, know that's literally because she's a dwarf it's because she's oh, a dwarf yeah. okay sorry <laughs> <laughs> but also yes a gossip queen and a dog that loves to see prey go after it and not stop until it's achieved its goal so i thought that karen would be a terrier but specifically a rare breed of terrier called a Sealyham because they're quite unusual and pretty to look at and they're <laughs> they're often I'm googling it. they're I'm googling it, yeah. often show dogs oh, okay. because yes. they've got this weird but really weird but really striking coat <laughs> and as an extra bonus they're one of those dogs that looks like they have a little mustache which uh, Karen's, exactly. got a, Karen's got a beard so even exactly. more perfect <laughs> <laughs> Love the idea of Karen being like, oh, yes, I'm a rare Welsh breed. Yeah. Of course. Not one of those common breeds. <laughs> <laughs> so that's a good follow on to Flynn and his dog choice. Um, <laughs> so Flynn is our favorite halfling bard, and I am Nathan who plays him. Uh, but more importantly, the dog that Flynn, I, uh, I think, would be uh, would be a short haired fox terrier. Because yeah. they're very small, fearless, very yes. halflingish, um, but also really affectionate and intelligent and a little bit of playful. So, and I think like the yappiness of the dog makes up for you being a bard and also a salesman. Yeah, <laughs> yep. And they're quite small dogs, and you're a halfling, so that's also pretty appropriate. Yep. And they never stop until they get their prey. Also, but in Flynn's case, his prey is um, making his sales goal. It's a sale, yeah. <laughs> right. The prey of profit. <laughs> Capitalism. Capitalism. <laughs> uh, but anyway, this isn't a uh, this isn't a dog comparison podcast. It is a Dungeons and Dragons podcast. Mm. We're getting ready to wrap up our uh, our ninth arc, the Wish Scroll. Uh, how's nine everybody feel arcs. about playing? Yeah, nine arcs. We're almost oh done. Wow. How does everyone feel about playing some Dungeons and Dragons today? Let's I'm so excited! Yay! From below the crumbled tower, the hatch that leads below shakes the rubble from it and swings upward and open. A person looks out over the destroyed metropolis. Who is it? Who in the last? Karen and Frankie were kind of last. I reckon Karen would. What? Karen's probably trying to comfort the child. Oh, yeah. Uh, then, sure. then it, would, it would probably be Frankie. Frankie, roll me a perception check. Oh, perception. <laughs> He's so good at those. Maybe I should have looked. <laughs> that's a 16 perception. Oh, that's pretty good. The DC was just 10. Oh, okay, cool, 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 cool. Because <laughs> I rolled 11 on the dice. You see a barren, destroyed wasteland lit by the twilight orange glow of the portal above. Trees are stripped bare, and what remains petrified and lifeless. Hundreds of skeletons of all sizes and shapes lay scattered 
with no discernible difference between those who were fighting and those who were fleeing. Past the park, what remains of buildings lay as rubble, torn apart by disaster. And in the distance, a gargantuan five-headed dragon flies imposingly above the destruction, breathing five-coloured death on anything and everything still standing. Nearby, amongst the wreckage of the execution tower that was your destination only minutes ago, you see a skull with the distinctive horns of Mr. Marvelous and a partially melted golden crown now permanently fused to it. <laughs> there is nothing for you up here but heartbreak and death. <laughs> Frankie, you close the hatch and you descend the ladder to your waiting friends. Frankie is like ashen and he doesn't say anything other than he's just like, it's all gone. It's gone. Well, what? What? The, the, the portal? The tower? Everything. Y- Ymir City? Ashes. Wait, what? Oh. Oh, now we really need to undo this wish. And Ido is going to go up the ladder and have a look for himself. Uh, roll me a perception check, Idova. All right. <sighs> Actually, no, roll me a constitution saving throw. Oh, shit. <laughs> okay. Uh, 14. You poke your head out of the hatch and you see everything that Frankie saw. And you are just able to hold down your breakfast as the just sickening reality of the entire city burnt to the ground and destroyed hits you like a ton of bricks. I don't, is there any, is there any sign of marvelous? Friskin is gone and, and, and everyone from the hideout is gone. And (laughs) he starts to hyperventilate. Oh, 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 okay, okay, okay. Come, come sit down with me. And we're going to get through this together, okay? And she kind of takes Idafa's hand and pulls him down to sit next to her and makes him hold hands with Silver. And they all sit in like a little trio, all holding hands with each other. And they're just kind of sitting there and trying to calm down. Guys, I know this sounds horrible, but it's going to be okay. This is, this world was created because of, of a wish. So. So if we, if we get who the would wish, wish fixed, this? Well, I don't think he wish. I, I think he miswished. You know those kind of myths that when you have like the cool wishes, and then there's always like the the moral of the story. Like you wish for gold hands, and you touch your cat, and then your cat's gone. It's like this. At this point, like Ido is incredibly frustrated with everything. Like he's he thinks that Flynn is just completely. He's not treating the situation correctly. And in his frustration, he takes out his dagger, runs at Flynn, and, like, holds it to his neck. You don't know what I've just lost. Maybe you're not from here, but we are. Flynn, roll me a history check. Fifteen. There's nowhere to go on the surface, but you know of a place underground where this all started. A place you were brought to to set off this whole mad timeline. And you know that there's a doorway there. Maybe you could use it to escape to the hives. Uh, is that through the kids' hideout back into the underground like market that, that with the dragon? You are in the kids' hideout now, and this is where Cherish bought you when you originally went down to uh, down to the lab. So you could get there from here if you wanted to. Okay. Lynn puts his hand on Ida's heart, and he said, oh, "I'm sorry. I forget that this world is your world, but either way, we can fix." Both worlds, we can, we can, maybe we can make our own wish, a good wish. 
then tell us how. So I've been here before. There used to be lots of... Uh, he's not going to say lots of kids there because then he just... He, he thinks like, uh, where are the kids then? <clears throat> um, so <laughs> if we... If it's not too caved in or anything, you know, we can go back along here down to the underground where it's it, it was like a underground... Yeah. Follow me. Wait, are you talking about the market? No, no, it's it's somewhere different. Look, and and I can't, he kind of like using his hands. Has has um Ida removed the dagger, or is he still mad? Oh, he's still mad. You haven't really done anything to make him feel better. Okay, so yeah. he's kind of like, <laughs> he's kinda very like, unsure of yourself. Like, <laughs> yeah. So he's like hand flapping because <laughs> he kind of trusts that you're not actually gonna like hurt him more than like a scratch. But he's still like instead of he doesn't know how to fix it, so instead he's like bullbarding past like to try and sell you on this idea of moving somewhere else because <laughs> that's his fix right we can we can move forward we can't move back we can't change what horrible things have happened but we can move forward and do what we can if you follow me i know where to go and from next to karen you hear a sniff uh and the boy emperor looks over at you and says there's only five of us and there's no point in making that any smaller. So, if it's okay, our options are to sit here and fight, or maybe we can try to make it better. Uh, Flynnvar, roll me a performance check with advantage because you have help from Silver. Uh, 14 and 8. Uh, 31. 31. <laughs> oh, really? Idafa? They have a point. Yeah. You know that killing this guy, who, let's be honest, is a bit weird, but hasn't directly tried to hurt you at any point since you met him, probably not going to make anything better. Is Flynn kind of like just at the bottom of the ladder with like back against the wall sort of thing? Yeah. Okay, then I'm just going to like slam my dagger into the wall behind him, just out of anger, like he's so frustrated. Whatever. Just tell us where to go. Follow me. And he starts navigating over, like, the, the debris. Flynn, make me a survival check. Uh, a good way to remember to survive things <laughs> is to not step on things that haven't been stepped on before. Uh, Frankie says so that you can have a uh, plus to your... <laughs> I love how Flash of Genius in this world is Frankie <laughs> just nervously stating the obvious. <laughs> <laughs> and everyone's like, yeah, I hadn't actually thought of that That's before. That's a great idea. <laughs> thank you, Christine. Thank you. Plus five to your roll. Oh, cool. Thank you. So nice. that's, uh, that is a 15. <laughs> yeah, the DC was 13. Nice. <laughs> You're cool. welcome. Thanks, Frankie. <laughs> Fun, like, kind of adjusts. He's like, ah, oh, yes, of, of course. Wow. <laughs> thank you. It takes a little longer because some of the tunnels have collapsed from the attack. And because it's dark and not all of you can see in the dark. But eventually, maybe it's kind of hard to tell time because you're all, let's be honest, suffering from PTSD. <laughs> Just a little. Eventually, Flynn leads you to a sewer intersection. And in the middle of the water part, there's just a big circular hole that leads downward into the darkness. And from below, you can hear the echoes of people screaming in pain. What Ugh. the hell? Where uh, have you brought us? What oh, yeah. is this place? Sorry, I forgot about that bit. 
be honest. What do you mean you, you forgot, forgot about, about the people screaming? No, I, I mean, I didn't forget about them. I just forgot that they might still be here because we kind of, we as a team in, in my world, we we let, we freed. Okay, let's move on. Okay. Yeah. Idafa and Karen, roll me investigation or arcana checks, your choice. Mm, plus zero to both of those. <laughs> Um, well, Ida rolled a 25. Okay. <laughs> and Karen rolled a natural 20. Okay. <laughs> mine, mine was investigation. Mine was arcana. The two of you together, this place that Flynn has led you to freaks you out. But Idafa, you recognize after a second that the the screams seem to repeat. Uh, and if you listen longly enough, they actually start cycling. Karen, you are able to see that this is very likely a, a magic spell that is causing some sounds to play from, from down in the tunnel. And it's likely a warning placed here to deter nosy visitors. That is pretty intelligent, actually. Well, someone clearly doesn't want us here. Yeah. Well, it's All the a, more reason why we should keep going. Flynn, like, taps his, he taps his head and he's thinking back and he, he's like, uh, where to next? It's been a while. <laughs> Uh, yeah, sure, Flinvar, I'll just tell you for free, no need to roll. Um, you need to go down the hole. Okay. When you came here with Cherish, uh, you had to abseil down. Oh, that's right. So I'll ask you guys as a group, how are you going to get down the hole to the lower level? There's probably 120 feet to, to scale down. So it's quite a quite a hefty hole. You can't just jump. You're going to need some kind of strategy. Hmm. And mm. I don't suppose any of you have feather fall. <laughs> no. Sounds like a no to me. Surely we've got some rope then. I feel like Frankie... Can you fly again today? Or was that a once a day kind of thing? That's just a spell, but uh, okay. I, 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 I don't have unlimited spell slots. That's true. <laughs> Penny, would we have rope? I'm going to let you guys improv what equipment you would have. Because the thing is, you had time to prepare this morning, right? You left the resistance headquarters. You knew you were coming to do this mission. So I'll let you guys tell me what equipment you would have with you. Okay. I feel like Ido would have had one of those, like, hooks on the end of rope. Just because he's part of a okay. spy agency. Like, <laughs> yeah, I'd say a grappling hook feels in character for this version of Idafa. Yeah. I think he's just going to pull that out of his bag and be like, oh, that's right, I bought this. Uh, you guys know how to climb or, you know, shit me down a rope? Uh, yes. The rope attached to the grappling hook is only 35 feet long, so you're going to need more. I've got a 60-foot rope that I always carry as part of my, my life because I'm short and <laughs> terrified of being stuck at the bottom of a cliff. All right, you have 95 feet of rope. Frankie would just have the general, like adventurer's pack because he is prepared for everything <laughs> that is freaky okay and i'm gonna say that karen is a dwarf and when dwarves prepare for going places they always prepare to dig their way out of trouble so she would probably have like mining light mining equipment maybe like a pickaxe a shovel maybe also, some pittons Karen's, like the leader of an underground, like, yeah. similar to, I don't know, like a spy thing. So. Yeah, 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 but but underground version. So she's got all of, like, the digging equipment, the stuff that you might need to hold hold things down or hold things up, that kind sure, of stuff. Yeah. You're not really the leader of an insurgency anymore because your insurgency no. now has membership of one. Me, yes. Don't <laughs> oh, no, but don't tell husband. Karen that yet. Yeah, I think she might have a breakdown. Yeah. <laughs> so, just a little bit better. So you have uh, rope and climbing equipment. Flinvar, 
this moment reminds you of being down in the underdark and everyone climbing down that big cliff after you met with the drow. Just quickly, uh, can everyone just roll me, uh, pick one person to roll an athletics check. Uh, and then we will, that will be your score for climbing down this, uh, climbing down this rope. Uh, I would not recommend dicks. myself. <laughs> no, okay. Man. I'm I a got pretty plus, good dicks. I'm a plus nine for athletics. Ah, uh, yes. Yeah. Roll. Okay. I will, I will roll. <laughs> uh, and, and add another plus five to that. Cause when you ab, like abseiling down, it's, mm. it's all in the knees movement. Bending knees is important. Thank you for that, Frankie. That's really helpful. Sincerely. Guys, last time I came down here, I also fell. Too late. 24. Too late. <laughs> <laughs> you, I've, I've got the spell. I've got that spell that creates, like, I can prepare to cast, like, a gentle, you know, slope for us if we need to towards the end. Uh, if I go first. Um, so Flynn, I'll just give you a heads up that the way that falling works in D and D is it, it's weird, but it happens instantaneously. So you oh. only a spell that costs a reaction is able to be cast, and usually only featherfall is the only spell you can cast mid fall. Um, so I'll just give you a heads up that uh, I'm going to go by rules on this that that uh, you would not be able to cast wall of force if you started falling. But also Karen rolled fantastic, so we're yeah, fine. Also Karen rolled. Karen, what was your score? 24. Oh, cool. I could have rolled better, but hey. Flynn, it's uncanny how similar these people who, yes, they're the, the same as your friends, but not quite the same people. It's uncanny how similar the experience of abseiling down this tunnel is to your experience uh, climbing down the cliffs uh, in the Underdark. Except this time, Ida won't fall. <laughs> yeah, this this time, uh, Idafid does try to do like a cool swingy maneuver, but he actually lands it. Um, so maybe nice. his spy background uh, somehow Hell. altered this for him. And you, you all, by the time you get to the bottom, and Karen catches you as you as you went last this time, you are overcome by a sense of deja vu of just how similar this experience was oh. to that moment in the Underdark. My team. He just says wistfully. <laughs> are you is everything okay yes uh but for the next bit if you can't see under the uh, you can't see in the dark you should probably do something about it <laughs> that's I so helpful that's so it. helpful um, genius. <laughs> in this room that you have all climbed down to there are several exits that are blocked by uh metal grates but also there are two large heavy iron doors set into the stone wall that have torches on either side of them. It appears that Flynn was telling the truth about your destination. There is some kind of place here. Guys, I don't know I don't know who will be around, so we we need to be careful or, or prepared to, to fight. Okay. Yeah, that's fine by me. I am very ready to kill. <laughs> yes. He's just like rubbing his throat. Who was down here last time you were here? Well, Come here, guys. Um, so we need to go through the iron doors, um, but it's quite there's quite a lot behind the doors. It's deceptive. Um, and once you go down uh, the hall and, and and into the room, you know, I found last time I was here, I was poisoned, so it's a little bit muddy. But um, basically, marvelous was there, and there was this evil evil scientist with lots of eyes, which is not really a person, and he was on this trolley, and it went. Do you think we could roll, like, I don't know, history or something to see if we know what that is? Because that's Not a very based great... off that description. God damn. 
Wait, so there's a guy, a paraplegic with lots of eyes. At the moment, you're expecting an evil scientist with lots of eyes. Okay. Sick, all right. But yeah, he's he's he really messes with your mind, guys, so you have to be prepared to not trust what he says. Okay. Because well, I, I think he was actually manipulating Marvel, uh, and I'm a bit worried about that because I have a feeling that Marvelous isn't the big, big bad guy, and it, and it terrifies me. Well, yeah, no, there's like a huge dragon out there now. I think he's probably yeah. the bad guy. No, I mean, well, yeah, well... I think the, the dragon... Maybe Marvelous is the puppet. We need to find the puppet master. Yeah. The person pulling the strings. And this and this, this thing, mad scientist... I don't want to say thing because that sounds a little bit racist, but this mad scientist uh, ball of gook and eyes and teeth and mouth is very smart, and, and he... Some things he said when I was trapped, and uh, it makes me think he was, he was, you know, definitely pulling the puppet strings for his own reasons, as well as working along with Marvelous. So, Like, aside from anything, you said you were poisoned last time. Does that mean there's traps down here we need to be aware of? Or did someone poison you? Well, no, I, I drank a potion, because... <laughs> How have you got this far? Because I had you guys. We're a team, and I, I know that... Wait. Did you come down here alone? Oh, well. Man, if you were a dog, you would be a terrier for sure. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, what colour one? No, wait, guys, we've got to move on. (laughs) Can I try the door and just see if it's locked? It's not locked. Okay. Easy. It's also a lot lighter than you were expecting. Oh, okay. Potentially not just painted as an iron door. (laughs) I I guess let's move on then. Uh, Give me a second, guys. I'll just... I'll kind of... I'll scope it out for a second. Okay. Um, you open the door um, and you creep through. And the first thing that you notice is that on the other side of the door, it's a lot, it's suddenly a lot warmer and a lot drier. Like it's magically keeping out the, the damp and the cold and the moisture of the sewer. Hmm. Okay. Do I see anyone? Do you have dark vision? Yes. Cool. Roll me a perception check. All right. That is 16. What you see ahead of you, uh, there's, there's a hallway, you know, not long, 30-foot hallway lit by torches. There seems to be a door that, uh, like, it, it's not even like a closed door. It's more like an open archway uh, that leads off to the right about halfway down this tunnel. And then at the end of the tunnel, you can see a room with a lot of clutter uh, and devices and beakers. There appears to be some sort of science lab uh, at the other end of the hallway. Just just like Flynn said. Okay. Huh. All right, so are we heading up the lab first or this other room? Are you asking me or are you going back out? Oh, I'm asking Flynn, sorry. Well, we kind of have to go through it. But the lab was where I remember kind of mainly being. Oh, okay, so we'll just go straight to the lab then. Flynn, I roll me a history check. Uh, unnatural 20. The door to the right in that room, there's a large, heavy iron box attached to a pulley system. And underneath that box is a white door. And that white door should take you to the lava fall room where you fought the uh where you fought the drider once upon a time so Flynn, like he's like oh, i don't remember oh my gosh the box and he's like i know you're probably gonna get a kick out of this how you're feeling at the moment excuse so in the other world we were on the other side of this wall and because it's like sealed metal right you can't get through it um so through the right door there's this box and they were taking payments from this underground place and then when we were on the other side of it on this fun adventure, not really fun, it was terrifying, we wanted to find out what was on the other side of the middle door, which is obviously where we are now. And you wanted to stuff me in that box because I was little. Yeah, no, that sounds like me. But um, <laughs> on the other side of that box, 
if we could somehow get everyone into the box, there's a door that leads to out of here, but then we wouldn't know more information would just be able to escape. Yeah, but where would we go? Like, What do you mean by out of here? Tunnels? Tunnels to outside of Ymir City? That's a, a magic door system. Oh, a magic door system. Yeah, one of them leads to a nice temple with a lovely dragonborn lady who makes the nicest coffee. Frankie. Yes. There's discussion. Uh, this discussion of the side room is really interesting. Um, but there's also some kind of, like, they describe some kind of science lab ahead, and you <laughs> are kind of itching to check that out because maybe you can find a way to make a solution to your problem using the resources that are there yeah like science guys and i'd like to check out that science lab because you know i might be able to create a solution to our problems yeah and technically you said there's someone there and i kind of feel like we should get rid of them i don't i don't i don't know if we can how do you feel about the silver? He looks up sharply, like he almost was paying attention to something else for a second. Oh. And then he smiles kind of sadly at you all and he says, I'll follow you wherever you want to go. I'm with you. If we can find a solution in that lab, great. That's That would be my preference rather than just escaping. Okay. Well, how about we try the lab first then? Sounds good to me. You all go through the iron doors, and it's warm, and it's dry. Oh, my skin. You didn't realize how cold you were hmm. until you stepped through those doors. I thought it was just heartbreak. You walk forwards, and to up ahead, to the right, as Flynn described, there's a large chamber with no other exits, and there's a big, heavy iron box um, sitting in the center of the room with some kind of pulley system, although that pulley system appears to have no cables attached to it at the moment. So even if you wanted to lift the box, you might not be able to. Hmm, strange. I would like to sneak, like, go ahead of the team and scope out the actual lab again and just see if there's anyone in there. Sure. Can you roll me a perception check? That is 21. Yeah, you sneak ahead a little bit, light on your feet. Uh, you, you go up to the entrance to the next room uh, and you peek around the corner. You can see a large... Uh, quite a big room, quite a large, messy room uh, full of desks, papers. There's lots of bookshelves, you know, a lot of books left open, just, you know, left open sitting on desks. There appears to be at the other end of the room another exit, but you don't see anyone here in this room. The coast is clear, guys. Come on. All right, let's see what we can find for Frankie. You all walk into the room and you start, you know, looking around you start poking at things looking at things that are in beakers and a voice calls out to you bouncing off the stone walls ah some tasty mortals plating themselves up in my lair what business do you have in this place who are you where are you guys guys him. What do you mean that's him? What do you mean? Who are you? Ah, look at this failsafe. <laughs> and Flynn, you know that he's talking about you. Uh, yes, it's me. I'm back, Mr. Flablacklegum. <laughs> Another version of me created this world. It only takes a genius such as myself and the existence of the wish scroll here to know that this is an altered timeline. This other version of me, he would have kept you whole in case we needed another go around. I wonder how many attempts it took to get everything so perfect. You, you mean 
Flint Flinvar, have you been working with this? We never should have trusted him. Scientist this whole time? What did I literally say? Frankie, what he's describing is like, you would know this, uh, is like a, you know how sometimes when you, when you test things, you give some people a placebo? Yeah. So that you can like check the results versus the unaffected results. Ah, uh, yes. <laughs> this is what he's talking about something along these lines. Yo, Flynn's not a part of this. He's probably just the placebo. What? 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 You know what? I think Frankie needs to talk to this disembodied voice. Mr. What was your name? I am Zergos. Zergos. It's good to meet It's good to meet you Zergos. Uh do you know what's happened to Yamir City? You see small tasty creature. <laughs> This thing is an altered timeline will always be doomed. This is why we had a chump cast the wish for us. So the failure would fall on them. And see, this is why I contacted Tiamat and informed her that a hell lord was so brazenly insulting her. And thus, you see, I made the doomed timeline work for me. Now I have no bothersome pests above my head and all the magic that I need to do my work. You are the one who did this? <laughs> show, show yourself. Idafer. Yes. You feel a tingle down your neck like you're being watched. And suddenly, memories of another life flow through you. You remember working at a parchment company, finding magic amulets, fighting monsters, a surprising amount of geese, <laughs> and adventuring with the people in this room. You remember standing on a balcony of a tower and realizing you had been tricked, and a white light coming from everywhere. And then the tingling feeling in your neck goes away, and the vividness of those memories begin to fade. Uh, what, Mr. Sourpout, what? Yes. Yes, I do. Oh, guys, my head is burning. What have you done to him? Do you think that I am in the habit of explaining my genius to vermin who mean to foil me? No, no, no. I just want to taste your despair on my tongue. Well, it's very polite of you to say that you think that we can stop you. I appreciate that. <laughs> Frankie, you're taking all this in, and and then there's like a squelch as like a clear liquid kind of drops from the ceiling onto your shoulder. And you like look at it and you're like, okay, this is a science thing. And then you look up as a ball of teeth and eyes and hellfire becomes visible above your head. And that main eye, that big main eye attached to him, was pointing in Idafer's direction uh, only a moment ago and is now closed. Which you would guess is might have been what caused uh, Idafer's moments just now. The, the big ball of eyes and teeth in Hellfire uh, smiles a big toothy grin and opens his main eye as all of his eye stalks begin to glow with hellfire magic. Roll for initiative. Well, well, well. Happy New Year from me, Penny or DM. 
Welcome back to JBPC. Some quick messages and then we'll get this arc all wrapped up. Thank you very much to our Patreons for supporting the show. James Courtright, Samsara, Waffles Loves You and Hopes You Have a Good Day, Claire McDonald, Jules Bergeser, Violet, Shabna Lee, Alex Moore, Lyndon Hood, Jesse Wesson, Disturbed1NZ, Andrew Evans, Luna Chris, William Evans, Steffi James is Awesome, and Danielle, the tea lady of the tea. I have just uploaded the new backstories that were handed out to Liz, Poppy, and Steph at the beginning of part two, so if you're curious about what they were reacting to, stop by our Patreon page and check them out. If you're curious about bonus content and our extra clips featuring backstage tomfoolery, you can support the show at patreon.com slash jbpcpodcast for as little as a couple of bucks a month. Music credits, thanks to Nefix for Born a Rockstar parentheses instrumental, Track Tribe for Dream It and No Indication, Jeremy Blake for Final Girl, Jeremy Black for Firestarter, Fans in Japan for Late Night Train, Nathan Moore for March of the Hears, God Mode for Melancholia, Jung Logos for Mysterious Strange Things, DivKid for Polymetric Juggling, Bobby Richards for Tack, and Anno Domini Beats for Sinister and Warzone. Our next episode, Smoko 8, which is the series' last Smoko episode, will be out in two weeks on January 21st. After that, we're going to take a little break so we can record some new content, but we'll be back soon enough. Alright, that's all from me. Let's get back to the episode. Twenty-one. Doctor Zergos got twenty. Aga, which is cool because I never roll higher initiative for uh, for enemies. You go. <laughs> Karen got an eighteen. I got twelve. I'm got ten. At the moment, the creature is currently hovering in the air above you, twenty feet up. So if you want to melee it, you're going to have to uh, be, get creative. Is that cool? That's yeah. cool. I wish I had basketball, Karen. <laughs> yeah, that's actually quite lucky for me. Like last time I tried coming up with an enemy that was hard to reach, you just you just flung yourself at them. Just basketball, Karen. Any hubbocks the room? Let's say 80 feet long, 40 feet wide, and full of desks, bookshelves, and tons of clutter. So uh, you you can tell me, you know, what's near you, and if you're climbing stuff, what you're climbing. Frankie. This creature is turning to look with at you with its main eye. It is your turn. What do you do? Frankie is going to try and shoot at it with hot wire, trying to aim for his eye. Cool. Go ahead. Roll me an attack roll. Attack roll. Hot wire. Go. Oh, no. Oh, oh no. no. That's a natural one. Oh, no. Frankie down. Frankie down. <laughs> uh, you, sh- you shoot your cool invention at the beholder, and it simply like opens its mouth and just bites the crossbow bolt and severs the wire for the rest of the fight you'd need to use an action uh, in order for hot wire to function the way that it does oh uh, now i just have a normal cross of crossbow oh bonus action cry a little bit on boulder's gate three that's the one of the most prominent buttons is just cry a little bit yeah yeah that's <laughs> what i do all the time uh, yes, date the actually podcast. uh i think i've decided to um i'm just gonna reload the game uh, and then re-engage the combat. <laughs> yes, date the podcast. <laughs> uh, no, so for um, movement, I'm going to maybe try and step back from him a little bit. Just put a little bit of distance. Are you trying to take cover? Yeah. Cool. Roll me a uh, roll me a stealth check. Um, if you get over 15, you can have half cover, and if you get over 25, you can have full cover. Okay. Uh, that's a 16. You duck behind a sort of large, uh, big 
big marble slab thing that looks like it, it should lay um, like a human body down on it um, and you duck down behind that uh, the beholder does not have a uh, line of sight to you okay thank god uh, sorry half half cover is plus two to plus AC yeah yeah and I'll Wait. say for for this for the sake of this uh, also plus two to saving throws oh, okay. uh, that, that require a you know a beam or something. Oh, Which I don't yeah. know why I would say that because it's probably oh. nothing going to happen that's like that. Gonna happen. <laughs> you know that. that that's not going to happen, but it's good to know. <laughs> Anything else you'd like to do with your turn? Uh, no, I've already actioned and I've already cried and I've moved. So that's my, that's my turn. Okay. Bonus action to cry. It is Zergos's turn. Zergos is going to, he's going to laugh uh, at, at your attempts to fight him. Um, and he's going oh, to turn, <laughs> he's going to turn uh, his main eye towards Karen. Uh, Karen. Uh, while you are in the uh, while you are in the gaze of his main eye, you remember your other life. Mm-hmm. Then he is going to use three eye rays. So Beholder is a really fun D and D monster because I don't pick who it fu- who it shoots or what it <laughs> shoots people with. I'm going to roll uh, a d. F- I'm going to roll a d6 because silver is also in the room. And on a six, I'll re-roll. Okay. Uh, so that's going to choose its targets. And then I roll a D. Actually, I'm going to get you guys to roll the D10s for me for what kind of beam it's going to shoot you with. Oh, oh so if it, if it picks us, we have to roll. So number three, I'm going to go by uh, order of initiative. So Frankie's one, Karen's two, Silver's three, Idafus four, and Flynn is five. Um, he got a three, so he's going to go for Silver. Um, since none of you are Silver, I'm going to roll a D10. That is going to be a three, uh, which is a fear ray. Uh, the targeted creature must succeed on a DC 16 wisdom saving throw. Let's just see how he goes. Oh, shit. Well done, Silver. He got Woo. a 19. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, the, the monster blasts him with one of his eye beams uh, and Silver tanks it uh, and then <laughs> kind of like sticks out his chest a little bit and like clenches his fists um, and, and tanks through it. Does not work. Stick an eye ray. That's because teenagers aren't scared of anything. Exactly. Except <laughs> homework, am I right? <laughs> oh, oh, oh. Uh, second eye beam is a one. Uh, Frankie, can you roll me a D10? Oh, no. Uh, D10 for Frankie. Go. That is A3. Uh, you're also going to get hit by the fear, right? Can you roll me a DC uh, with the plus two? Can you roll me a DC 14 wisdom saving throw? Wisdom saving throw. Ooh, that is a 12. You are frightened for one minute, and you can repeat the saving throw at the end of each of your turns, ending the effect on the success. Okay. Uh, So you have disadvantage on ability checks and attack rolls while the creature is in your line of sight, and you can't willingly move closer to Zergos. That's fair. And the third eye ray, uh, that's a six, so I'm going to re-roll. That is a five. Flinvar, can you please roll me a d10? Uh, That is a... Four. Could you please roll me a DC 16 dexterity saving throw against a slowing ray? Oh, so that's uh, 18. You passed. Uh, so you, the slowing ray does not affect you. Uh, so the beholder, uh, three of its uh, eye stalks, which by the way you notice are sort of like a light with that dark red hellfire that you've noticed, mm. um, shoot these rays at Silver, Frankie, and then Flynn. Silver and Flynn manage to um, manage to either tank them or get out of the way. Um, Frankie, who had an ankle sticking out from behind his hiding place, um, does get mm-hmm. hit by his. He's then going to use his movement uh, to float toward you guys and he's looking right down at you so he's currently 20 feet straight up from where karen is which is in the center of the room not close to any of the walls okay karen uh it is your turn you remember both of your lives that is crazy 
That seems like it would psychologically damage her. What she's going to do is she's actually going to run over to the one of the walls where I would imagine a bunch of experiments are happening. There's like bubbling beakers and smoke and mirrors and all kinds of stuff going on there. Yeah, absolutely. Um, bubbling beakers, smoke and mirrors in that order, yes. Yeah, there's like, yeah. <laughs> there's like an- That's 15 feet of your movement. Cool. And she's going to arm sweep the entire table. Okay, what are you trying to achieve? She's crashing his experiments to the ground. She's destroying his house and she's yelling at him at the same time. Come down and face us, you coward! Okay. Uh, when you run out of his sort of like direct line of sight, those memories disappear again, but you know that they're there. Mm. That you had the experience of remembering them doesn't go away. Can you just roll me a quick arcana check to avoid setting a starting a fire? And actually, before I make my ruling, is your intention to try and start a fire or are you just trying to break stuff? I'm just trying to break stuff. I'm trying to get him angry enough to stop hovering around on the ceiling and to come down. Okay. Can you please roll me uh, an arcana check? Which is also a science check for me. Science check. Uh, an eight. Karen is not uh, very yeah. scientific. Some of the chemicals that you knock off the the thing uh, begin to mix together, creating some noxious fumes. Cool. If you, if you are still here at the end of your turn, you're going to take some poison damage. No, I'm not. I'm a dwarf. Uh, you are resistant to poison damage, but not immune to it. Oh, yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> okay, then she's going to run over to another wall, which I'm going to say has a bunch of books on it. It's his library. And she's just going to start trying to knock over the bookcase. Okay. Um, so we're going to say on the uh, east wall... Uh, from where you guys started, uh, there is a cloud of poisonous gases that is uh, that is slowly growing. <laughs> and uh, yeah, Karen, uh, that's fine. Uh, you, you, you've you used your action, so you're over by the bookshelf now. Okay. Uh, anything else you'd like to do with your turn? Just berate. Just berate him. Just cool. yell uh, at him. Roll me, uh, roll me either an intimidation or a persuasion check. Lovely. I love doing those ones. Oh, um, that's a 10. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, not quite. He sees what you're doing. He sees that you're trying to go to him, yeah. and he knows that he has the advantage as long as he is in the air. Uh, it is Silver's turn. I'm just going to roll a quick investigation check. Silver rolled a natural 20. Oh my god. Silver runs to different desk drawers and starts like rifling through everything. And he says to Frankie, he said the wish scroll still exists here. It has to be somewhere in this room. We can fix this. The, the natural 20 is him knowing for a fact, picking up on that and knowing for a fact that the scroll is somewhere here in the room. And he's just going to start like pulling all the desk drawers out, not even like politely looking through them, just <laughs> pulling them out and tipping them out. Good boy. He does this with three desks that are in the area of the space that you're in. Uh, one third of all the drawers and you guys do not see something that would resemble the scroll. Hmm. Next up is going to be Idafa. Okay, so I just wanted to check. Am I suffering from like psychic damage or anything because of me seeing my previous life or nah? No, no. Okay, sweet. Once, once he's not looking directly at you anymore, those those memories went away, but there's no psychic damage involved here. Okay, sweet ass. If you want to know what's happening, you can roll me an arcana check. It's not worth it for me. Mine's so trash. <laughs> but that's okay. I just, like, honestly, I think Ido just wants to kill Dr. Zergost. That's right. Yeah. Okay, so I'm assuming there's some boxes near me. Absolutely, there are. Perfect. So I'm going to. Great, Stephen. <laughs> I'm going to hide one, behind one of those. 
Um, cool. Bonus I'm action. Going to use, ooh, yeah, my bonus action to hide. Cool. And that will give me advantage. Roll me a quick stealth check. Okay. Like, he has a lot of eyes. You need to beat seventeen. <laughs> oh, I did. <laughs> I rolled eighteen, and my stealth is eleven. So <laughs> cool. Yeah, you have you have hidden. Perfect. All right. So um, I am going to uh, hit him with my short bow. Cool. Yeah. And because I have advantage, I will also use sneak attack. Absolutely. Yes, you will. Perfect. All right. So that is a 19 to hit. Uh, 19 hits. Yeah. Well done. Perfect. All right. And roll me your damage. Six. So 21 damage. Very nice. Uh, because you did this, can you just quickly roll me a d10? Yep. Uh, D10 is this one. That is a six. Until your next turn, if he rolls a six on his eye raise, uh, that that eye stalk is out of commission for the next turn. Sick. Ooh. Well done. Um, now that you've attacked from your hidden position, you're no longer hidden, okay? Yeah. At the end of Idafus' turn, he's going to use a legendary action, uh, which is going to be another eye ray. That's a four. Uh, one, two, three, four. Idafer, uh, can you roll me a d10, please? Yes. Uh, da, 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 da. uh seven. Uh, he's going to use a sleep ray against you. Uh, can you please roll me a DC 16 wisdom saving throw? Okay. Uh, <laughs> um, no, that was a six. Uh, yeah, uh, he, you blast him with your bow and arrow, and in return, one of the eye stalks blasts you back with this, like, very soothing, like, warm, soothing, um, hellfire effect. Uh, you are now asleep for one minute, um, or until another creature takes its action to wake you. Okay. Huh. Flynvar, it's your turn. Can I dive to where Ida is and then just land on him? Uh, it will take an, it'll take your action to wake him up if you if you want to do that. Mm, if I do that, can I do a bonus action to cast Counter Charm, or do I need a whole action to do Counter Charm? Counter Charm, I think, only works if people are trying to do something to you. Can you just read it for me? Yeah. Uh, so you gain the ability to use Magic Notes, Power Destruct, Mind uh, Influencing Effects. As an action, you can start the performance uh until the end of your turn during that time you and any friendly creatures within the 30 feet of you have advantage on saving throws against frightened or enchant oh perfect yeah yeah that's that's actually really good yeah go ahead and do that is is counter charm a bonus action normally it says as an action and yeah books. so you can't so do both on the same turn okay well i'll just slide near to ido then and start the counter charm yeah cool perfect um yeah uh so if you get any charm or fear effects, uh, that's going to be in play. What does your counter charm performance look like? Are you just like shouting encouragement to everybody? No, nah, so he's going to be heckling a little bit. Um, he's <laughs> he's going to be saying to um, Dr. Frankenfurterzine, Gorgobush, um, he's going to just be like, every time he says his name to get his attention, he's going to be changing the name he calls him. And he's going to say, he's going to be saying over and over again, you're just an overly growing eye, big pip. Oh, you're just a big toady boy. And just like changing like little I've wiggly things like that. I've got a lovely bunch of coconuts. <laughs> diddly dee dee. Yeah, perfect. Uh, so that is Flynn's turn over. At the end of Flynn's turn, he's going to take another legendary action. Uh, that is going to be a five. Flynnvar, this one's against you. Roll me a d10. Oh, that is a seven. <laughs> Uh, that's a sleep ray against you. Does the counter charm do anything uh, about oh. uh, sleep effects? Is it a charm? It doesn't say so. No, charm ray is its own thing. It just says disrupts mind influencing effects. I'll tell you what, you can have a plus two on your uh, on your wisdom saving throw. Okay, thanks. Oosh. 11, 12, 13. That is a failure. You needed 14 to pass. Ah, oh, no. So uh, you also fall asleep. Okay, no, Like no. just on top of Idafer. Yeah. <laughs> and then my 
my cool counter charm goes away too. Cool. I'm going to say because you guys are asleep on top of each other, one person can use their action to wake both of you at the same time. Uh, Frankie, you're up. Oh, God. Okay. <laughs> uh, so he is not looking towards me. Uh, not with his main eye, but he can see you with all of his other, like, big, ugly eye stalks. <laughs> okay. Okay. I... I see what you did there. Yeah. <laughs> God, no! Are you just waiting for one of us to do that, Penny? Yes. yes. <laughs> the the ceiling. What what's what kind of um, infrastructure uh, is hanging out on the on the ceiling, sort of above him? Uh, so there's um, it's kind of like reminds you of like a cathedral. It's like a large sort of like curved ceiling that sort of meets in the middle, um, and there are some large sort of stone, like there is some rebar and stuff up there uh, that that's kind of holding the whole thing. Okay, I probably can't get those down. I'm trying to figure out a way. Roll me, roll me an intelligence check. That's a nineteen. The ceiling itself is made of cobbled stone, but the rebar is wood. And you know that despite the fact that it's warm and dry in here now, that rebar's been here since this room was constructed, and it has likely been affected by the damp of being down in the sewer. Mm. I would like to... Is there some, maybe some rubble around me that weighs between one to five pounds? Absolutely there (laughs) is. Tons of that. Okay. What I would like to do is cast catapult. Okay. And catapult some rubble at one of the the beamy things above him. Try and force him to land or at least come lower. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm going to say the roll to hit on this is going to be um because it's still strong. I'm going to say if you can uh if you can hit 18 or higher, then you can succeed on this. Okay. Natural 20. Oh, oh no. yes. Well done, Steph. You look around you uh, and you you put your hands on a wrench. One end is like a classic wrench and the other one is like a like a pick, like it's sharp. And you put it into your uh, your little apparatus and you shoot it. The beholder, like one of his eye stalks, sees it coming and he giggles and sort of moves out of the way. But that was part of your plan the whole time. As the, <laughs> um, as the sharp point uh, digs itself right into the perfect spot where the rebar and the, the wood meet each other. And the rebar like cracks and the end of it just begins to swing down. Um, it's going to hit the beholder. I'm going to give you a choice. Either it's going to do um, 3d8 bludgeoning damage or it's going to bring him down to ground level. Oh god, I don't know. Wait, which, can I cons- consult with the group? Go ahead. Yeah, of course you can. Bring I don't him care down. Down. I have ranged attacks. Bring him down. Okay, Karen wants him okay. down. Yeah, bring Karen, down. Karen wants bring him down him. and that's a little scary. So I'm going to say <laughs> bring him down. Cool, yeah, the rebar hits him and... Uh, basically just brings him all the way down to uh, to ground level. Um, it doesn't crush him, but he is sort of wedged in there for a second. Nice. <laughs> Come on, damn. Anything else you'd like to do with your turn, Frankie? Well done, the natural 20. Yeah, really good. And can I use some of my movement to start making my way towards the sleeping pile? Yeah, of course you can. Yeah, you, you're using your full movement. You could get all the way there. Yep. Uh, and then I would like to just duck behind the pile uh, <laughs> and pretend that I am also sleeping. Ha ha ha. Oh, uh, no. Oh, so uh, oh, sure. Okay. Me. You have half cover behind your unconscious friends. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and also, because of the cool strategy that you did and the thought that you put into your move and the natural 20, I'm going to give you inspiration. Uh, DM additive cumulative inspiration um, that you could use on a subsequent turn or um, or distribute to another player. Okay. 
That's cool. Thank you. At the end of your turn, Dr. Zergos is going to use his final legendary action for the round. They refresh on his turn, so this is his last one for now. Uh, that is a one that is going to be against you, Frankie. Frankie, can you roll me a d10? Of course. Okay, d10. <laughs> I'm asleep. Uh, I roll a six. Thanks to Idafa's arrow, uh, the eye stalk oh, that tries right. to zap you uh, with a telekinetic ray uh, actually uh, sort of misfires uh, and a little bit of um, weird sort of like backfire, hellfire um, kind of goes off. Um, he's going to take uh, 1d6 fire damage. Hell yeah. He's going to take four fire damage and the eye ray does not go off. Nice. Thank you. Teamwork. Teamwork makes the dream work. <laughs> okay, uh, it is Zergos' turn. So the first thing that happens is his legendary actions refresh themselves. Oh, whoops. And the next thing that happens is he's going to try, and he's currently trapped under the rebar, so he's going to make an athletics check to try and get himself out. Does he have arms, or is he literally just... No, he's just a ball of goop with a bunch of eye stalks coming out of it and a big toothy <laughs> mouth. Um, he is unfortunately unable to uh, like unwedge himself from That's the rebar. Right, so, so not only does he not have the ability to choose which way his anti-magic cone goes, he can't move. So Yay. he's going to use three eye rays. So let's go ahead and roll three d6s and find out who's getting hit. That's a one, a two, and a four. So first one, Frankie. Second one, Karen. Third one, Idafa. So all of you roll me z10s. Frankie rolled a two. Karen rolled a seven. Oh, Ida rolled a two as well. Okay. Against Idafa and Frankie, he's going to use paralyzing rays uh, against both of you. So it's like one beam that just goes straight through Idafa and goes to hit you as well. <laughs> Frankie and Idafa, can you both please roll me DC 16 constitution saving throws? Idafa, you have disadvantage because you're asleep. Fair enough. All right. And Frankie, you have uh, plus two because you're taking cover behind Idafa. Oh, yes. <laughs> you are kidding me. I got 16. I got that's 18. A, that's a pass. Yes! But I'm also still asleep, right? Yeah, so both of you pass, but neither of you are paralyzed by this. Um, somehow an unconscious Idafa just does not, just is not affected by the, the <laughs> attempt to paralyze him. Um, and Frankie <laughs> manages to, like, just hold Idafa's sleeping body up and it just hits him square in the chest. Doesn't get Frankie at all. <laughs> Yay! Karen, what was yours? It was a seven. Yeah, it's another sleep ray. <laughs> Can you please roll me a DC 16 wisdom saving throw? Okay. <laughs> Look, we've had a hard year. <laughs> Everyone gets a nap. <laughs> Everyone gets a nap. Um, I actually rolled a 15 plus one, which is a 16. Uh, yeah, so he goes to shoot you with the sleep ray, um, and you're able to, you get drowsy for a second, like a little bit drowsy, a little bit drowsy, but um, you're able to tank through it. Uh, you do not fall asleep. <laughs> that is Zergos' turn. Karen, you're up. All right. I would like to rage, please. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Uh, I feel and like you've got enough motivation here. To that. Yeah. <laughs> so, if you could go ahead and roll me a charisma saving throw, please. Oh, because of the demon curse. Oh, okay. That's a 17. Oh, very nice. It looks like this turn your friends are keeping all their blood on the inside, but you rage and the this deep red bile like rises yeah. up from within you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you can, and you feel your skin tingling and your forehead aching as the protrusions further extend out of your skull. Ew. It's very nauseating and it Ew. further fuels your emotions. What would you like to do next? As part of my bonus action to rage, I can also pounce forward 17 feet. Will that get me to Zergos? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, oh, I'd say 
maybe 20 feet to get all the way to where he is since you went over to the cool. east wall. Yeah. Um, but yeah, 20 feet easily will get you over there. Fantastic. And as she runs so fast, so very fast, over towards Zergos, she summons her temperate great axe. And I'm going to be choosing fire damage. Um, okay. So I would like to hit him. Go ahead, roll me an attack roll. I am not using Reckless Attack, but that is a 19 to hit. 19 does hit. All right, fantastic. And I rolled 14 slashing damage and three fire damage. Okay, that is a total of 17. And then I'd like to hit him again, please. Yeah, go ahead, roll me an attack roll. Uh, That is a 16 to hit. Uh, 16 does not hit. All right. (gasps) Second hit, he catches your axe in his teeth. Ooh. And begins laughing. And Karen begins laughing back at him as well. I mean, why wouldn't you? They're both just like scream laughing at each other. Cool. In the Karen's turn, he is going to take a uh, legendary action. That's a two. Uh, Karen, uh, roll me a d10. Nine. That is a disintegration ray. Oh no. Karen, oh my God. can you please roll me a DC 16 dexterity saving throw? This is from a source you can see. Oh, thank God. That's an 18 on dice. <laughs> Uh, so you passed, so unfortunately you did not take 10d8 force damage. Um, one of his one of his eye stalks comes around and goes to shoot at you, and you're able to like dodge out of the way, and you could smell burning hair. Like some of your hair just got completely disintegrated. <laughs> That's how close you were. That's crazy. And I'm gonna say that the 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 eye ray shoots past um, and also like disintegrates a large portion of the stone wall. <laughs> There's quite a bit of structural damage here now. Silver uh, looks around at what is happening, sees all the destruction, sees the fighting going on. Um, he's going to run over to where uh, Idafa and Flynn are asleep, and he's going to use his action to rouse them. Cool. Good boy. So both of you are no longer asleep. Thank God. <laughs> and then he's going to run over to uh, the next set of desks, um, determined to see if he can find the scroll that the Beholder was talking about. Idafa, you're up. Right. You wake up to find Frankie holding you. You don't know that he tried to use you as a human shield. It's, it feels tender. Your turn. I take a, a very short moment to just enjoy the fact that I was being cuddled by him. Um, but then I'm straight into the bloody action. <laughs> what I would like to say is I, none of you are really melee people, so I'm not sure if it would it would uh, do anything for you, but um, you all have advantage on melee attack rolls because I'm within five feet of Dr. Zergos and I'm currently a wolf totem spirit. Oh, nice. well, thank you. But yeah, that isn't a real thing to me. Thank you. Um, <laughs> okay, I am going to... I mean, Idafa totally is a melee character. He's got his two, he's got his sword and his sickle. That's true. Yeah, but I'm not about to get close to this bitch. <laughs> he d- also does range attack, so it doesn't really matter if you get close or not. Sorry, I just, I don't think I can put him asleep because I don't know if I have high enough level to put him to sleep based on his... Romy Narcana check. Okay, that is a 15. He's a pretty large lad. He's a pretty bulky boy. And what that means in terms of mechanics is that they tend to have a lot of HP. Yeah. You'd guess that he still has more than 100 HP left. Okay, thank you for that. In that case, I am going to use my bonus action to hide again. Uh, Roll me a stealth check. You need to beat a... (laughs) You need to beat a 19 plus 12. You need to be a 31. Oh, I need to beat 31. You need to beat 31. Fuck. No, I got 20. (laughs) Even with your your awesome stealth bonus? Yes. I only rolled nine. 
He got 19 on dice plus 12, so. Oh, my God. Wow, he's an arse. You duck down, but you could see that one of those eye stalks uh, saw you go and knows you're there. But where you duck down, I'd say didn't really use any movement, so you still have your full movement left. God dang it. Could have run up and hit him with a sickle. <laughs> How far am I from him? You're easily within your movement speed to where he's currently trapped. Oh, okay. So I bring out comments back up and Hecate's resolve. I run towards the boy. So you're, gonna, you're running towards Silver, got it? Oh my god. Okay, I run towards Dr. Sergos. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> and I am going to attempt to hit him with these two weapons. Uh, so it would take your bonus action to hit him with your off hand. Oh, that's right. That's a bonus attack. But you attack. Can yep. still hit him with your uh, with your main hand. Yeah, I'll just hit him with commands. Cool. Go ahead. Roll me an attack roll. And I think you have advantage because of Karen's thing. Sweet. Thanks, Karen. Yeah. So I got a 26 to hit. 26 definitely hits. Yeah. Woo! It's kind of a shame. That's the roll <laughs> that was on. Um, <laughs> but I will do. And you do have sneak attack. Oh, okay. Sick. Yeah, that because because we're we're adjacent. Cool. So there's 10, 12, 15, 16, 17, uh, 20, 23. Nice. Yeah, you Woo! go and you like stab him just like straight in with your uh with your rapier. You like bury it up to the hilt in his gross body. Good. <laughs> Nasty body. You draw it back out. <laughs> and that is my turn. End of your turn. He's going to use a legendary action. I think this is. Well, I did one after Karen. I did one. Yeah, okay. So this is my second one. Uh, that is going to be a uh, two. So that's Karen again. Uh, Karen, can you roll me a d10? Oh my god. Yeah, this guy, eh? Karen's. <laughs> five. Hey, at least I'm showing off what a beholder can do because I'm rolling different ones every time. True. <laughs> you got an innovation rate. You're going to make a no. DC 16 constitution saving throw against necrotic damage. Oh my god. Oh dear. Constitution, though. Surely that's quite high for you. It is. It is. It is. Let me just... Okay, so that's an 11 on dice plus 7. That is an 18. Yeah, so you pass, but this is one of the few Beholder eye rays that um, still does half damage on a successful save. So you're no. going to take uh, 38 damage halved as he blasts you with necrotic damage. Ow! So that's 19, 19 necrotic damage. Owie, owie, uh. Owa! <laughs> <laughs> that is going to be uh, the end of Ida's turn. Flynn, you're up. You are now awake. Cool. I'm going to move towards Karen and Ida. Yep, you get there within your movement speed. Cool. And I'm going to cast uh, Freedom of Movement on... On Zergo, so he can get out of where he's stuck, no, right? No, no. Yeah. No. Yeah, no, on Karen. Cool. Uh, what does Freedom of Movement do? For the duration, uh, which is one hour... Uh, free, movement is unaffected by difficult terrain, spells, and other magic effects. Can neither reduce the target's speed nor cause the target to be paralyzed or restrained. The target can also spend five feet of movement to automatically escape the non-magical restraints, such as manacles or a creature that has it grappled. Finally, being underwater poses no penalties. Okay. Cool. Can I just ask you one more question? Does counter charm require your concentration? Uh, yes. Okay, so you'd need to stop concentrating on counter charm in order to. Does does freedom of movement require your concentration? No, it just says casting time one action components VSM. Yep, doesn't have a C. Yeah, if it doesn't say concentration, then you're good. You still have counter charm up, um, which means you're blocking uh, charm and fright effects, and now you're also blocking any effects that would uh, restrain or uh, cease Karen's movement. But I was casting that on both of us. Is that too many in one turn? Uh, does it say how many targets you can pick? I can do it at a um, higher level. 
uh, it says a willing creature and there is no rules for upcasting. So um, okay, there's no fine. way to make it target more than one person. Cool. I'll just stick with Karen and cool. then I'll just slightly move some behind Karen. Cool. That is fine. Oh, I would love to bardo uh, the party. I am. Yeah. So I'll cast um, bardic inspiration and I, and I, I whisper yell, we can pop those pimply eye pockets. Who <laughs> 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 are you targeting with bardic inspiration? I know because they're beside me. Cool. Idafa, you have a D10 to use as your Bardic Inspiration dice. Thank you. All right. Uh, Flinvar, you're juggling a lot of things. You're heckling him, um, you're casting spells, and you're encouraging Idafa all at the same time. <laughs> Who, whoever said that Flinvar is not a man of many talents. Uh, end of Flinvar's turn. I'm going to use one last legendary action. Let's get another one of these eye beams happening. It's that not. Is a, that is a five, so that is going to be against Flynn. Flynn, can you roll me a D10, please? I can indeed. Roll a six. Ugh. Uh, five. Oh. That is going to be innovation rate as well. Can you roll me a DC 16 con saving throw, please? You're going to still oh going to take gosh. half damage on a success. Is this an attack? It's not, actually. Damn it. Okay. They are all saving throws. None of them have attack rolls on them. Uh, I would like to grant uh, a plus five to his saving throw, please. Oh. Cool. Does that consume your reaction? Yes, it does. Cool. Just making sure. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, that's a 19. Uh, so, yeah, you passed. You're going to take half damage. So that's 29 half down to 14 uh, necrotic damage as he blasts you with one of his eye stalks. Okay, how are they called eye stalks? Nice little mixture of necrotic and hellfire damage um, blasts <laughs> you. Next up, uh, after Flynn, Frankie. Okay, Frankie is... I'm just going to whack him with a, with a firebolt. Cool, go ahead. Roll me a spell attack. That's another natural one. Oh my god. If you want to block the natural one penalty, which is probably going to make you hit an ally, you can use your inspiration here. Yeah, I'll use my inspiration. <laughs> if you roll another natural one, it's going to be double, double bad. Okay. <laughs> okay, 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 okay. What okay. are the chances? You like, can do it, you can do it, you okay, can do okay, it. Okay, 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 that's a 19 in total. Oh, that's Not only does he, do you avoid the consequences of a natural <laughs> one, uh, you also hit him. Yay! Yay! Oh, thank God. Okay, okay, gotta breathe. Breathe, breathe, breathe. Okay, that is... At this level, is it extra D10? So is it like 3D10? Yeah, 3D10, so that's in total 30 damage. Hell yeah. Uh, I rolled 25 total damage plus my a uh, my savant damage is 5, so that's a total of 30, 30 fire damage. Uh, nice. Do a nice big blast of fire there, and some of the nearby rebar that he's trapped under does catch on fire. <laughs> Um, it is Zergos' turn. Only Karen and Idafar are adjacent to him, so he's going to do his three eye beams uh, before he tries to move, because I am aware that you have Sentinel, Karen, and you will not beat me. <laughs> I might, I might, I might. Oh, damn it. For some reason, I rolled a d20, and I rolled a natural 20, and now I can't use it. That's not, <laughs> oh, that's not no. what this is for. Okay, <laughs> eye beams. Let's go. Uh, one of them's a six, so I'll re-roll that. Uh, so we've got a one, a four, and a five. So first one to Karen... No, Karen's, Karen's two. First one, Frankie. Second one, Idafa. Third one, Flynn. Uh, all, of you, all of you roll me D10s. Okay. <laughs> I don't know how many more I can do. I don't got a six, baby! Woo! That effect was only uh, for one turn, so it does oh, work now. Penny, stop yeah. that. Stop it. <laughs> I did say until your next turn. You probably did, but I wasn't listening. <laughs> uh, so that's going to be a telekinesis ray. Can you please uh, ro succeed on a DC 16 strength saving throw? Ugh, no, probably not, but all right. <laughs> um, I'm sure you can. Strength. Okay. That's a 15, so I still lose. 
Oh. You are going to be restrained as a, like, you, a psychic energy. It's just going to pick you up. You are going to be moved up and, uh, up and away, 30 feet, um, and you are being suspended in the air by telekinesis, and you also mm -hmm. are restrained. Is it something I need to do a saving throw for each turn, or? Your speed becomes zero, uh, attack rolls against you have advantage, and your attack rolls have disadvantage, and you have disadvantage on dexterity saving throws. Let me see. Um, until the start of the Beholder's next turn or until the Beholder is incapacitated. So you're going to be restrained until his next turn. Mm. Unless someone kills him. Uh, yeah, that, I mean, that, that's him. very true, yeah. Frankie and Flynn, what did you guys roll for your D10s? Rolled a three. Flynn got a two. Three is a fear ray, which I believe is affected by Flynn's counter charm. Um, so what does counter charm give you uh, in that instance, Flynnba? You have advantage on saving throws. Cool, so go ahead and roll me a DC 16 wisdom saving throw with advantage. 16. Ah, you pass. In your mind, uh, frightening images uh, of this beholder just eating your, like, like just eating your uh, body. Uh, you managed to push them out. No, he's not eating your ass. He's eating <laughs> your body. Uh, you managed to push them out. You actually make it funny me being like, haha, he's eating my ass. Uh, and you're not frightened. <laughs> Flynnvar, you got a two, is that right? Yes, that's correct. Uh, can you please uh, succeed on a DC 16 constitution saving throw? I mean... Yeah, I'd love to. <laughs> so 23. Uh, that passes. Uh, so he tried to paralyze you and you were able to shake it off. Shake getting it all off. these conditions and there's a thing called death ray and there's a thing called disintegration ray, which I'm not getting at all. So let's just keep this going until I can start blasting you guys with some death and disintegration. <laughs> you already oh, tried the disintegration on Karen. Don't. Uh, Don't. Cool. So now I'm going to roll a athletics check to get out from under the rebar. Oh. He is no longer restrained. He is going to attempt to fly away. Good. I attack him. Yeah, you do. There it is. Yeah. Uh, can you make a quick little charisma save for me? Ah, oh, crap. Okay. That's a 16. Bugger. 16 is the DC. Go ahead and make your attack roll. That's a 19 to hit. Uh, 19 does hit. Yeah, go ahead. Roll me your damage. <laughs> 18 damage. Uh, 18 damage. And I also stop him where he is. That a girl. <laughs> uh, yeah, he tries to float away and you sink your axe into him and just leave it in there so he can't actually fly anywhere without trying to drag you along with him. <laughs> and as we have discussed, Karen's about bottom heavy gal. It's difficult to drag her anywhere. No, you can't pick her up. <laughs> that is Zergos' turn over. Karen, you're up. All right, let me let me let me let me hit him again. Uh, so you are maintaining rage this turn? Yes. Oh, yes, I am, and I'll make a charisma save, and I'll grow some demon horns, and I'll turn Karen into a horrible little beast, and that's a natural twenty. Hell yeah! Let me hit him again. Oh, that one not so good. That's a fourteen to hit. I don't think that does it. Uh, that does not hit. No, that misses. All right, I will roll again. Oh. That is a 27 to hit. That does hit. Better. Go ahead and roll me your damage, your great axe damage, please. <laughs> I would like to add uh, the 1d6 of uh, ice damage. Cool. That requires your bonus action. I think it can only be done once per, uh, once per long rest. Yes, that's fine. 20 slashing damage because I rolled a 12. Damn, that's so good. <laughs> and then just two, uh, two frost damage. Because I didn't roll that good on that one. <laughs> End of your turn? Yes. End of your turn. He is going to uh, roll a I-beam. I'm just going to keep... Guys, I'm just going to keep doing I-beams. I don't know if you've noticed a pattern or not. No, really? <laughs> I feel like we should have been aiming for his eyes, but that's okay. That's okay. That is going to be a three, which hits silver. No! 
Let's see. I'm Not just... our young boy. Oh shit. No. Oh no. Oh, no. Thunder. A beam shoots out. Uh, Silver needs to make a DC 16 <laughs> constitution saving throw. And he rolled a natural one. No, a beam shoots natural. out and hits Silver and he crumbles into dust as he what? is disintegrated. Really? He turns around and he looks at you all and like, he's like, Mr. Stark, I don't feel so good. <laughs> I'll stop that. Uh, and he crumbles and then something else happens. Oh. A couple of episodes ago, the administrator told you that if Silver died, then all of the holy servants would die and that would collapse the portal. I want everyone to please roll me um, intelligence saving throws, please. Oh my god. Oh, including Zergos. Oh, okay, that's 20, okay. 29. Uh, the, the DC is gonna be 16. Good, because Ida got a 16. Cool, pass. Karen also got a 16. <laughs> pass. I got an 11. Oh. Fail. Uh, so uh, I'm gonna roll some dice. So we're gonna take uh, 8d6 psychic damage. Oof. Wow. Flynnvar, you're going to take 27 psychic damage. Everybody else is going to take uh, 13 psychic damage as the feedback from all of the hellfire that was only available to you because the portal was open starts to rip through you. Oh. All this hellfire that you've been using to access your magic is just like burning you from the inside out. Jesus. Frankie, Idafa, and Karen you look at each other and you can see yourselves just overcome by this um, dark red fire that is after a moment sucked into the uh, amulets that you wear around your necks oh flinvar you are not so lucky you are ablaze with hellfire and yours is not going out just yet Uh, meanwhile the beholder himself has become a dark red ball of fire shooting eye rays here and there and everywhere just and other than that the earthquake that is happening because of this just sudden there was magic and then it's been ripped away from everything it's shaking this whole place due to the structural damage things start to fall rubble is starting to fall you only have a matter of moments until this place is likely to be buried the scroll get the scroll get the scroll it is Idafa's turn uh, am I still restrained? Uh, it's supposed to be until the start of his next turn, but he is currently being consumed by Hellfire, uh, so I'm going to say that you drop the 30 feet down to the ground. You, you can roll me an acrobatics check uh, to land cat-like on your feet. I got a 16. Yeah, you land cat-like on your feet. <laughs> All right. Um, so, sorry, had Silver found the scroll or no? Not yet. I am... Would we have noticed where he had been looking? All of the drawers he checked, he ripped completely out of the desks. Okay, I'm going to rummage through the closest uh, unopened drawer. Cool, so just checking, you want to just look at where's close to you? You don't want to scan the room or anything like that? Yeah, no, I think I will just go to the closest one. Do you think with my action I'll be able to rummage through, like, two drawers or something? I mean, he did three whole desks with his natural 20, so roll me an investigation check, and I'm going to put the DC at 20. Oh, all right. Uh no um i got a 13. you start pulling desk drawers out of discs not really 100 percent sure what you're even looking for you just start like kicking things over looking around uh as the room shakes and dust and debris begins to fall from above you um you do not find anything that you would consider to be a wish scroll 
I will use my bonus action to... We don't even have a thing to lift the box. Is there anything in there here that we could hide under that would be waiting? Roll me a perception check. Okay. That is uh, 29. At the far end of the room, there is a glass cabinet with a ceramic tube in it that you realize is probably the thing that you're looking for in terms of can you hide under stuff yeah of course you can but nothing's going to be strong enough to like protect you from 200 feet with a rubble coming down on you fair okay i'm going to use my bonus action to dash towards the cabinet you make it to the glass cabinet um the 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 tube you ever seen kung fu panda yeah ages ago yeah yeah um (laughs) in kung fu panda there's like a like a cool ceramic ceremonial tube um that had the scroll of the dragon warrior Mm -hmm. this is a legally distinct different version of that (laughs) yeah this isn't the scroll of the dragon warrior no this is a different scroll yeah and a different ceramic tube flynn you are up can you please roll me another intelligent saving throw please oh gosh yep 16 uh, you pass. Oh. So you are only going to take. You are only going to take sixteen psychic damage. Uh, oh, as oh. a little later than everybody else, the hellfire that is consuming you gets sucked into your amulet. You now have some reserves of magic because there is no longer a flow between uh, Avernus and here. So I'm going to. Flynn kind of looks around the room and sees that Ido's picked up something i'm gonna cast wall of force to hold the ceiling up to buy us time even though i don't know what that does to the rest of the <laughs> exits and pictures but. cool you uh see all of the debris and the rubble coming down above you starting to like you know crush beakers and hit things in the room and you cast wall of force a uh, nice horizontal uh like force field above all of your heads yep. as all of the rocks and bricks and huge pieces of debris coming down above you from the earthquake are uh now caught on the force field buying you a little bit more time and i make it so that there's a circle in the middle of my panel like an open circle uh yeah sure over the beholder <laughs> oh sure okay so you um he's he's right next to karen so if you uh if you are allowing debris to fall on him you're also opening up karen to that uh, I'll make it a small hole. About no, it has to be oh, ten okay. feet by ten feet. Wait, the hole? Yes, because it's because it's ten foot by ten foot panels. So if you're leaving oh, okay. a space open, it's going to be big enough that Karen and the beholder would be there. So you are welcome to do that. I'm not telling. I'm just going yeah, by the rules of the spell. I will. Sorry, Karen. <laughs> you're nimble. You've got uh, you've got freedom of movement. It's <laughs> true. You can't be trapped under debris. I sure do. Okay. Uh, that is your turn over, Flynn. Frankie, you're up. Okay. So we found the wish roll? Or we found a something? Idafa is over by some kind of tube uh, that looks like it's probably got it in it, but you you don't have it yet. It's still in the cabinet. Okay. I will go towards the cabinet. Cool. You are there? And I will reach for the tube. Cool. You take it. Uh, you open the cabinet door. Literally just punch through the glass if you want. Don't even check whether it's uh, whether it's locked. You take the tube. Nice. <laughs> it appears to be very powerful. Can I open it? Of course you can, yeah. Frankie's just like overwhelmed with power. <laughs> God, God, God. His, his oh, eyes wow. have turned into dollar signs. <laughs> I wish I was the emperor. Just kidding. Uh, <laughs> you know, I would just like to like open it up and first check that it is the actual risk. Uh, yeah, roll me an investigation check. It's just like an IOU one with school. Uh, <laughs> oh, God, oh can you imagine? That is a 30 for investigation. 
Oh, nice. Yeah, this is a um, piece of paper with glowing text on it. Uh, like the, It's like glowing red, dark red flaming text on it. Um, and at the top, there are four letters. W-I-S-H. Wish. It's guys, cast a wish. What's the wish? Frankie, roll me a quick intelligence roll. Intelligence. <laughs> that is a 19. Dr. Zergos told you that an altered timeline is always doomed. So the wish that you make can't be to create an altered timeline. Uh, for a 19, I will also give you that Flynn told you that somebody else cast a wish for things to be like this. Okay. Okay. Uh, okay. Frankie holds the scroll. I wish the previous wish was never cast. Yes, Frankie. Yes. At first, nothing happens. Sure, that's... You're just holding a holding a piece of paper and the earthquake continues very dramatically in a moment of panic you realize that the world's source of magic has just been cut off and the energy that you would have used to cast this spell is no longer available to you oh, what things busted and then your amulet starts to glow as the magic that it sucked in that was hurting you begins to broadcast <laughs> and then next to you the purple amulet around Idafa's neck also begins to glow as it releases the hellfire it absorbed only moments ago from behind you Karen's uh, great axe which is currently embedded in the beholder <laughs> disperses into pure magic uh, as a path of hellfire from both Flinvar and from Karen uh, joins yours and suddenly you are surrounded by a sphere of magic as things begin to rewind around you you see uh the beholder revealing itself in reverse you see yourselves diving down the tunnel to get away from tiamat's fire in reverse you see yourselves breaking into uh the yumea city prison in reverse you see the fateful meeting of the four of you uh fleeing from the yumea city guard in reverse <laughs> you see the meeting of yourself yesterday morning that you had with your dad when your dad told you he was proud of you oh. in reverse oh thank you and all of you are overcome by a white light as dr zergos screams in frustration and then <laughs> flynn <laughs> you wake up to someone hammering on your door you're back in your bed, it's the middle of the night, and outside it's raining heavily. <laughs> oh my god. Welby crawls up onto your shoulder, comforting Welby! himself against your neck, and a flash of lightning for a moment illuminates your room. It looks familiar. It looks normal. Yes. Oh, Welby! He picks it up and like snuggles under his face and is like, we've got to go see who's at the door, but we've got to be ready, just in case, you know, Groundhog Day. <laughs> 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 There's another heavy knock, bang, 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 on your door. And what do you do? I'm going to pull the knife that's always under my mattress and tuck it behind my back and go and open the door carefully. Waiting on your doorstep, you were expecting to see Cassie, but instead you see Karen, Frankie, and Idafa <laughs> all looking steely and serious. A simple look is enough to tell you that they remember everything. And for a moment, the four of you stand in the heavy rain, Resolve to tie up your final loose end. It's time to finish this. 
Down in the sewer lab, Mr. Marvelous swirls his brandy, admiring the way the blue and green glow sparkles through the amber liquid. <laughs> he chuckles to himself, checking his broadcasting device and making sure everything is ready for him for his moment of triumph. A crash from the adjoining room pulls him away from checking his reflection in a nearby mirror. Hey Zergos, I hope you're not messing around with any of your experiments, it's almost showtime. Uh, walking to the adjacent room into the lab, uh, Marvelous stops in the doorway. His brandy glass drops to the stone floor and shatters. Good. In the center of the lab, surrounding the corpse of the deflated beholder, are four magic warriors whom he was just moments ago getting ready to expose to the city. <laughs> the dwarf woman Karen loudly and brutally extracts her bloody blue axe from the large main eye of Dr. Zergos and the four turn their attentions to him. He blinks, closes his mouth, puffs his chest out and takes a heavy puff on his cigar. I uh, don't suppose you would all be open to some kind of agreement? <laughs> I could make you all very rich. I think we'd prefer to make you very dead. What do you do? Karen leaps forward without her weapons and she grabs Marvelous's mouth and she slams him down onto the ground, holding his mouth shut, making sure he can't cast any spells mm -hmm. and holding him down on the floor. Okay, um, roll me an athletics check. Sounds like a grapple. <laughs> it is a grapple. I can roll for you. That is an 18 plus nine, a 27. <laughs> you are so powerful now, Karen, that this man might as well be made of paper to you. You just Good. grab him by the face and despite the fact that he's twice as tall as you, force him down to the ground. Get him. Okay, sweet. I'm gonna saunter up because I can see that Karen hasn't well restrained. I'm gonna take my time. I'm just like, ooh, I'm gonna have fun doing this. And um, he brings out his sickle and Conman's backup. No, actually, he's gonna take a sickle and his original dagger. And he's just gonna like, just start slicing at his torso, ooh, just ooh, like. Oh, I have an idea, I have an idea. Ooh, Can yeah, I... yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Marvelous has been taking tiefling eyes. Oh, yuck. You should take his eyes. Girl, you, yes. <laughs> oh, okay. I'm gonna do it really slow. Oh, no, just head. Frankie and Flynn, do either of you have anything to add to this uh, moment of brutality? Yeah, it's very uncomfortable, but. Just sing a song. No, I'm gonna go pick up a cigar off the floor and smoke it. And Frankie will just be not partaking in the brutality, but just monitoring in case, like, anyone else is actually in the room or, you know. Sure, yeah. Watching your back. Karen, you hold this man completely helpless as Idafa, you walk up, dagger in one hand, sickle in the other, and you just take this guy straight in both of his eyes. And you do it slowly, so not to kill him immediately, but so that you he can experience the torture that he inflicted on hundreds of other members of your people. How does it feel? Ooh. I'm assuming he can't really make a sound. Well, I guess he can he make can't a really sound. make a sound because I'm, hold I'm holding his mouth closed. Mr. Marvelous groans uh, through, just like throat groans in response. Um, struggling and um, unable to scream because Karen is holding his mouth closed um, but slowly the cigar smoke begins to trickle out of his nose as he <laughs> stops fighting and he just goes limp miles below the city he once intended to stand above finally finally dead 
Can we take his head as a trophy? Oh, yuck. <laughs> I mean, it's still I a know. family show, so I don't think that's particularly. Um, I don't think that's particularly. I want to make sure he stays dead. That's my issue. Ah, oh, you can chop his head off. That's fine. We'll deal with that next episode. <laughs> Frankie, in your search, a sparkle of blue and green in the room next to you catches your eye. You walk through to the room that Marvelous walked out of, and in there is a massive pile of electrum, taller mm-hmm. than even Idafer, uh, all dumped in the center of the room. And Ooh. sitting nearby on a desk is a familiar-looking scroll case. Romine insight check. That's a 19. Nice. Frankie, this thing is dangerous. And if it should fall into the wrong hands, it might be misused in any number of ways. The only true way to be sure that this is the end of it would be to cast it on something that doesn't alter your timeline. From behind you, Flinvar enters the room and meets your eyes and you both look at the scroll together and a moment later karen and a slightly bloody idifer mm-hmm. also walk into the room the four of you look down at the scroll look over at the massive pile of electrum that will be needed to fuel it and you look to each other wondering which one of you is going to take on the responsibility of casting a wish that does not doom your world together guys as a team. Ah, it is I. Zergos, the greatest scientific mind in this plane of fools. Oh, did you think I was dead? (laughs) Of course you would. Thank you for listening, and remember, always safely test your experiments before proceeding.